0: Amen. Well, friends, um, it is so good to see each and every one of you here this morning. Um, our team is um, kind of like divided by half this morning. It's the Trinity, Josh, Becky, and I who are with us. Our dear sister, Kiana, who got to be with us virtually, is preaching a good word with our siblings at Church on Morgan. Our dear sister, Adjoa, who is the, you know, the maker of all good things, the director of operations. She is taking her first Sunday off since she has been in this role, yes because we will not be our own pharaohs, Uh, and Crystal um, is also um, taking a time for rest. But we are so grateful to our dear brother and sibling, Sam Best, who has come down from Virginia to be with us this morning. Um, I was just saying that it is a beautiful thing to be a part of a church community that when many of our staff are gone, that we have folks like Aaron Isgid and Joshua Isgid and Hannah and different folks who literally just kind of, um, they don't fill in the gaps. They continue just to unleash their power in this place, that we don't stop going um, when there's, you know, half staff, but that we recognize, as Kiana so beautifully said, that the power of God, this God who could raise Christ Jesus from the dead is a power that is in us and also is a power that operates through us, all of us. If you find me in a ditch somewhere, this church will still go on because there is power in each and every one of us um, to be glorious uh, in this place. So I do give God thanks and praise for all the ways in which we have shown up for one another and done good and beautiful work. This morning, um, you know, we are pivoting just a little bit because last week I told you that through the month of July, we are going to focus on the book of Genesis. But this morning, we're actually going to locate ourselves in the book of Exodus. A few weeks ago, um, our dear friends who are on our One Wake strategy team, and I'll tell you a little bit about One Wake in just a moment, wanted to have a Sunday when we would focus on the power that is unleashed in this place, Not only for us here at the Southeast Raleigh Table to be just within ourselves, but how it is that God's power within us also helps us to be just in the world. But when we think about all of the things that are happening in the world, on our own, we cannot do it by ourselves. Not even as the Southeast Raleigh Table can we tackle some of the things by ourselves. So we are a part of a member institution called One Wake. There are about 50 institutions, faith traditions, nonprofits who are deeply committed to seeing Wake County become the kind of place that God would imagine it to be, not Wake County as it is. Not as it is, but as it should be. But we cannot do this work together. And so this morning, we are going to focus a bit on what does it look like for us to incline our ears to the cries of God's people to incline our ears to the voices that God listens to and attends to, that in the way that God um, is just, we too might be just. So my uh, dear friend and sister, uh, Jessica Turner is going to come. Jessica serves on our One Wake Strategy team. This particular passage of scripture from Exodus chapter 3 is going to be familiar to maybe many of you. It, it reflects a theophany when God shows up in natural things doing something supernatural. Might you hear God's word?
1: On. okay Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro the priest of Midian he led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb the mountain of God there was an angel of the Lord it appeared to him and a flame of fire out of a bush he looked and the bush was blazing yet it was not consumed then Moses said I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord said that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush. Moses, Moses, he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings. And I have come to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Peserites, the Havites, and the Jezeites. The cry of Israelites has come to me, and I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and I bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be a sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. This is the word of God for us, the people of God.
0: Thanks be to God. Amen. I want to read verse seven again. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Some of you have heard me share that um, after the earthquake uh, in Haiti in 2010, that it was said that you could hear people literally throughout the night under the rubble. That um, there were individuals who were quoting psalms. There were individuals who were crying. There were individuals who were literally singing um, songs of praise while they were under the rubble. Now, I am certain that for many of our siblings in Haiti who found themselves in that dark night in a cave, literally a dark night of the soul, that um, this crying, this singing, this reciting psalms was not only a means of soothing themselves um, when their lives had been shaken, but also to a means by which someone might actually hear them and rescue them. About five years ago, when there were children being detained at the borders, someone, um, in a very inappropriate moment, said of all of the children who were being caged as they were crying out, we have an orchestra going on in here. Because children were wailing and crying so much. It happened that there was a pediatrician who got to hear some of the audio of these children who were crying, who were being detained, put in cages, and said, you know, children have different types of cries. Sometimes they cry a particular way when they're hungry. Sometimes they cry a particular way when they are sleepy. And there's a particular kind of cry that children have when they are traumatized and feeling a sense of terror and that the particular cries of the children who were being detained at the border, specifically about five years ago as audio was being leaked, it was cries because of terror. Or in the summer of 2020, as our brother and sibling George Floyd was being lynched, who cried out, The words that have become so popular in some ways, maybe in a way that we need to hold on to words and make them a bit more sacred. I can't breathe. But the thing that always strikes me about George Floyd's last moments among us is that when George Floyd cried out, who did he cry out to? His mother. There's something about crying out that speaks to us needing to pay attention. There's something about crying out that speaks to us needing to be attentive. There's something about crying out that is about us turning our awareness to where the cries are coming from. You know the last line of our confession within um, our church tradition, this confession that we normally speak um, with one another and also to God before we come to the communion table. In the last line it says this, and we have not heard the cries of the needy. Within this particular um, confession, there is a specificity about us not hearing cries. And I think there's a specificity about us not hearing cries because there is a specificity about God hearing the cries of God's people. That hearing, literally, those who are in distress, hearing those who are oppressed, hearing those who need to be rescued, hearing those who find themselves in desperate situations, literally listening and inclining our ears is the way of God. This God who creates the heavens and the earth and says that everything is very good, when things are not very good for God's people, God is like, I have to listen. And not only listen, but also be moved. And if we are to be like God, then that means we also incline our ears to the things that God inclines God's ears and also hearts to. That cries are directly correlated to a way in which God might respond and also act. And so when we don't listen, when we're not attentive, when we choose not to hear, It is not just considered, some things are for some people, but in our prayer of confession, we say this is something that does not look like it is reflective of the way of God. And we have not heard the cries. In Exodus chapter two, which we did not read, It says that God hears God's people, and he hears how they are oppressed. And about two or three times in that particular passage of Scripture, it's all about God being so moved by what God is hearing of God's people who find themselves in Egypt. And then in Exodus chapter 3, as God has this beautiful encounter with Moses... We are reminded again in verse 7 that God says, I have heard the cries of my people. I have observed their misery. And the cries of my people have gotten my attention, Moses. And because the cries of my people have gotten um, my attention, Moses, I want to get your attention, Moses. Moses. Now here's the thing: Th- this crying out isn't um, wasn't uh, spoken about in- as though it was like annoying God, or, or that even that uh, the crying out was uh, was a direct like ask of God for God to do something. But this crying out that was happening was a moment where God is going to show how God's inbreaking is going to be unleashed in people's lives. There's a scholar who says this, that in the moment of crying out, of letting pain become public and audible, those who were enslaved broke with the definitions of reality imposed by the policies and values of the empire. Because the empire characteristically preferred silent slaves who present no social embarrassment or administrative inconvenience. Silence among the oppressed means that they have conceded to the oppressors the right to define reality. The startling moment of this narrative is when the silence is broken, when Israel cries out. So the crying out is not out of annoyance or inconvenience. The crying out maybe is not even like, okay, God, we're trying to get attention. But the crying out is a means of the Israelites saying, this is not our lot. (laughs) What, what we are dealing with is not the way that it should be. And God is a God who is always about making things right. So when God hears these cries, God recognizes the world as it is, is not the world as I have dreamed it. And it stirs up something in God because God cares about that which God has created. Beautifully, in Exodus chapter 3, God doesn't just simply hear. God doesn't just simply remember us. But then God acts. And then God acts. Here's the, um, the part where we come in. In Exodus chapter 2 and in Exodus chapter 3, God is doing a lot of the talking on behalf of Israel. I have observed their misery. I have seen how their taskmasters have oppressed them. I have heard the cries of my people. But then God gets us involved in the matter. Because after God has shared what God has heard, God then says, and Moses, I'm going to send you. I have heard the cries. I have observed their misery. And Moses? And Moses? And Moses? You are going to go in this beautiful act of liberation to go before the Pharaoh and to be the means by which my people which I have heard Their pain is alleviated. In February, here um, in the bottom floor of our church community, we had these things called listening sessions. And during these listening sessions, you all were invited to come and to share, what are the things that keep you up at night? What are the cries that you are hearing in our community that you just cannot ignore? And um, in that room downstairs, it became like um, between, um, it became like this space between the world as it is and the world as it should be. As people said, you know um, what uh, I've been listening to? I've been listening to people tell me that they have to sleep in the parking deck at Wake Med. Because workers at Wake Med sometimes don't have enough margin financially. Um, to go back and forth, whether it's like not using up gas or maybe not having a place to go. Here are the cries that I have heard, that there are people who want to be employed, but there is no way for them to get to work. Because sometimes the public transportation, even though we love the buses, may not always be the most effective and efficient way for people to get to their jobs on time. The people said, you know what um, What cries I've heard? Someone shared that they had a kindergarten class where there were multiple children who when they left for the day did not go home to a home but they went home to a hotel. Or elders who feel alienated and alone. Or this week... On Wednesday, as I walked out of my house and I began to have conversation with one of my neighbors, who, because the air quality was bad about two uh, weeks ago because of climate change, (laughs) um, has had two visits to the ER because she cannot find enough capacity to breathe. But then when she asks her doctor, I need help, is told, you cannot see a specialist until September. And we also are called to hear the cries of God's people. We are called to pay attention to the things that God is paying attention. Because God doesn't just leave us, but God invites us to co-labor and to participate with God and what God is up to in the world. So, this morning, you'll notice that there are some note cards around you. If there aren't any note cards around you, um, our dear friends are going to find some note cards to give to you. You can just put your hands up in the air. Let me share with you what we're going to do. There are two questions that I want you to reflect on. What cries can you not ignore? Like, I think about how, um, for many of the guardians who are in this space, the fact that sometimes sending your child to school feels like a great risk. What cries can you not ignore? That it is so difficult for people to find housing when wait lists are about three years long. What reality in Wake County keeps you up at night? Do you remember when we were going into shelter-in-place? The great heaviness that many of us felt because we knew that for some children, if they were not in school, they were not going to eat. On that note card, I just simply want you to write down, what are your concerns? What are the cries that you hear in our community? It could be about transportation. It could be about addictions. It could be about access to nourishing food. It could be about children's mental health. It could be about all of us being able to access good mental health or health care. I'm going to give us 120 seconds, that's also known as two minutes, that you might write down on that card, if you have a pen or you can maybe uh, borrow one from your neighbor, what reality in Wake County keeps you up at night? What cries can you not ignore? Whenever you are finished writing down, you can leave your, um, your cards on your seats this morning. We're gonna actually collect them. Because it's not only enough to hear, but it's also our responsibility by God's grace to also act. And so those words that, we, um, that we're going to etch on those note cards are also going to be the things that we're going to believe that God um, by God's grace, will show up in our lives and in our county and in our neighborhoods and in our families and in our schools and in our communities to make right. We say here at the Southeast Raleigh table that we think big, that we have to have an imagination actually for what the world can look like to inspire us to live in the direction of um, the ways of God. And so would you pray with me as we pray over um, these things that keep us up at night, these things that seem so heavy in our lives. Gracious God, sometimes we wring our hands because it feels like the world is falling apart. We wring our hands and we clutch our hearts because we also observe the misery of others. We have seen the oppression of others. We have felt the weight of a world that is broken. And yet, oh God, you might call us your people filled to the brim with Pentecost power to know and to believe that you are a God who is always at work in the world and your work is to redeem and to make whole. Your work is to save and to lift up. Your work is to set free and to liberate. So may it be that the very things that we have written down on these cards, the cries that we cannot ignore, the concerns that are heavy on our hearts will be the very things, O Lord, that you will change and turn around that we might see the world that you have dreamed for us to know. All of this we pray in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, amen.